and welcome to Mind Your Peas, the Purposeful Leader's Guide. We believe in all the peas, people, purpose, planet, even pizza and Prosecco. This week we're speaking to Alan Mahan, founder of Brugeder, beer company with a philanthropic difference. Launched in 2016 with the mission to bring one million people clean drinking water through the power of craft beer. Alan, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thanks for joining us today. It's a pleasure to be here. Please tell us a bit about Brewgooder and your values as a company, where they come from, why it's important. Uh, yeah, I guess the why they come from bit is a nice, is a nice place to start, I guess. Um, when I was 22, I, um, I was traveling in Nepal, I was doing some international development work and I got sick from an unsafe water source. And after a few weeks, things weren't really working well for me and I had to go to the doctors and get, you know, prescription medication it was really easy simple antibiotic um, to get rid of a parasite that I contracted and that was actually you know an inconvenience but it was something that really stuck with me because there could have been people born on the exact same day as myself uh, who you know for no fault of their own that contracting that parasite or another waterborne illness could have meant that they might not have got past their fifth birthday so for me, that was a, a massive calling into the, the sort of water sector. And I got rejected from lots of different jobs uh, in that sector um, for, for about a year before I actually found a job in a social enterprise called Social Bite in, in Scotland. And when I started getting my uh, first paychecks, um, I did two things. I bought better coffee and I bought better beer. Um, and I just fell in love with craft beer and I thought that it would be amazing to have a career in that industry. And then to also put it to work um, on something that I really deeply cared passionately about. So on World Water Day 2016, we launched Brugger with a mission, I guess, to bring a million people clean drinking water. And so far, we've we've sort of got to around about 100. And, I think the latest statistic is 155,290 people have been impacted by Brugger's funded work, um, particularly in Malawi. But when I think about what Brugger really is now or what it's growing into, it is, is, is definitely a brand that exists to, to make beer do amazing things for people. We've had impact outside of water, you know, closer to home um, through various different campaigns. You know, we're, we're trying to be as, to promote compassion and, and kindness as well as inclusion within the industry. So for me, Brugger is now, you know, a, a beer brand that looks to empower people um, to be the best. They, they possibly can be I guess. Wow amazing, amazing stuff and so t- just talk to us a bit about I suppose the difficulties and challenges of 2020 and the current situation we're in how's that affected your organization? <clears throat> yeah I mean listen you don't you can't argue counterfactuals um, you know you won't get very far in business by doing it but you know right up until March 2020 2020 was looking like a really great year for us. We had managed somehow to convince 254 breweries in 24 different countries to release a, a small batch beer um, that went to fund projects um, as part of our global gathering campaign. And that was amazing. And we you know, were pinching ourselves and thinking that this was a runaway train of, of success, uh, you know, and only an act of God could, could really sabotage it. Uh, and the campaign was called the Global Gathering. It relied on people being able to go to bars, go to tap rooms, visit breweries, and and really join together to make a statement on behalf of craft beer drinkers and brands, sort of everywhere that they had this 
you know, objective of, of bringing people water and empowering people. And you could not think of a worse thing to, to try and encourage, you know, in late March 2020, um, because obviously the COVID restrictions. Yeah. And I remember the night, the night we were supposed to be celebrating that, um, you know, Boris Johnson came on the, the, the TV and said, you know, everyone needs to shut up shop and you're effectively locked down for from now until whenever so that that was really a, kind of a blow for us i guess um but it it allowed us i think to kind of re-examine what we were like were we just a, a clean water brand or could we you know develop some form of kindness and compassion platform at home for you know in a real emergency situation and the campaign the global gathering campaign was cancelled on the on the Friday, basically, and uh, on the Monday, we had established a, a, a campaign called One on Us, which allowed um, drinkers to pay for four packs of beer and like write little notes effectively to, to send to um, NHS workers, frontline workers who would just type in their address and have these packs sent to them if, if one was paid forward. And there was 28,000 beers ended up going around the country at a time where, you know, the, the simple gesture of saying thank you with a beer could have potentially meant a lot for for people who were you know on the front line of you know a pandemic something that was it was pretty unprecedented so that kind of allowed us to to think about ourselves more as a brand and, and what we stood for and what our purpose was and i think the thing that does separate us from i'm not saying that we're the only ones who do purpose in 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 beer absolutely not at all but i think we've done it differently where we've almost you know set out with a mission that wasn't beer related if you understand but then became a beer brand through it if you like and i think that that we've really grown into that over the past 12 months certainly 2020 was a massive learning curve for us to say well if we were to continue to exist what is what is the point in us and it went i think it's went beyond clean water and i think in the coming months you know the listeners to this um and any brewer drinkers will see just how far we've come on that journey will look and sound very different but you know if you like water the water element of what we do will be even more impactful if you like and, and every drinker will be able to draw a line between what they drink with us and, and their, their actual impact um, on a on a water project so that's been really exciting i think you know ultimately we could have been in a place where the global gathering raised a quarter of a million pounds and we would have continued business as usual but that's just not the way it happened so there were downsides, bars closed, you know, our office beer club was shut down, but we've, we're here, we're still here. And I'm more optimistic about 2021, you know, after the pandemic, than I probably would have been 2021 if it hadn't have happened, which is a strange irony. And Alan, you know, it's, it's affected, you know, hospitality terribly, yeah. uh, you know, this, this whole pandemic and, uh, I think what's exciting about what you've just described is, you know, that your your purpose, your company's reason for being beyond making profit, mm -hmm. you've always had that there. It's always been about the clean drinking water. But you're talking about you've, you've reflected and reacted, I suppose, to a situation mm -hmm. and said, well, there's a more positive contribution that you can bring to the world through your brand. Uh, and that's what you're about to launch, right? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I'm not like it could have been. I'm not saying it could have been easier or 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 worse for us if we didn't have our purpose. If you understand, 
but it definitely gave us something that was the North Star. It, it helped us react and adjust and reevaluate. It gave us the, the litmus test or the yardstick, whatever you want to say, to, to, to be better at doing that, I think. Um, and I think if we had, a, if, if, personally speaking, if, if, we, if we lacked that, if we lacked that clarity, it potentially would have been much, much harder to, to get through the past 12 months. So yeah, definitely having that purpose in tough times, you know, gets you out of bed in the morning. And I think at a time when once you've got out of bed, you've got nowhere to go. That is, that is, you know, it's pretty invaluable. I used to say that that got you through tough times, you know, on any entrepreneurial journey, there's, there's good times and there's bad times and the purpose gets you through them. But it certainly has meant that I and, and the team have really dug deep to find a way out of it, I guess. Yeah, and you you did lots of impact work last year, didn't you? You did the One on Us campaign and yep. um, the All Together Now campaign. Tell us a little bit about those. Yeah, so One on Us was obviously, um, you know, 28,000 packs of beer were, were sent out to um, NHS workers all across the country. We did some really cool stuff with that where we were gifted some uh, like billboard space, electronic billboard space. And rather than try and like direct people to sell more, you know, of the packs or, or get, get donate more of the packs, we thought, well, we might not reach the entire NHS, even if we do have a, a sales bump through this. So why don't we actually um, just broadcast people's messages near hospitals? So we actually did like the, the nicest messages that we could think of. We tried to put them as close to the places where NHS workers would walk up and down as possible just to kind of do our bit. Uh, with with um, the All Together project, it was a case of teaming up with the guys at Overtone, Bruin and Glasgow. And I think we raised just over a thousand pounds for the hospitality workers emergency fund um which was set up and i think that that kind of that was an amazing campaign to be part of i think there was like nearly a thousand breweries took part in that across the world and i think it shows like particularly in craft beer there is such an appetite to be an active like citizen you know when things start to go wrong even when it's really your industry that's the one that's getting battered the hardest which I think is great. But the one the one I'm kind of strangely the most proud of is um, our Jack and the Beer Hops uh, campaign, which was done at Christmas time. Like pantos were cancelled and, you know, culturally speaking, they're, they're, it's, a big, it's a big thing. Um, and there's a, a guy on our team, James, who, you know, he was devastated that pantos were cancelled. He's a big kid at heart, I think, and, and wanted to capture some of that magic. So we worked with a few other breweries and um, we made four unique beers that represented panto characters. We got Johnny McKnight, uh, who's a, a pretty legendary Scottish panto writer, um, to actually write us a panto. And we patched it up in a little box and made sure that the donations through that went to the um, Theatre Workers Fund, um, which was a hardship fund for, for actors, in essence. Um, and that was, you know, super successful. And ultimately, you know, that showed us, I guess, that we we were more than just the water bit. I think if we had a bang the drum on the water bit, you know, during the pandemic, it would have been completely out of touch. But the beautiful thing about it is that some of the beers that were planned to be released as part of the global gathering did actually make their way into the world. And we ended up raising just over £50,000. And we invested that in two health care centres in Malawi where there would be solar powered water that would allow people to access medical treatment, I guess, um, to a higher standard. 
and part of the funding went towards um, training, I think it was 60 different community COVID responders. So people who would go into different rural places and um, and basically spread the message of, of how to fight COVID, I guess, when there is no real public health um, infrastructure there. Um, so that that project ended up, I think the total reach over the next year is 90, just over 90,000 people. So we kind of tried to do as much as possible because, you know, we, you know, the way, I guess the way the sector is at the minute, the industry is at the minute, you know, every month could be your last You're You're kind of, you know, you're clawing on, you're, you're living from moment to moment. And we thought that we just didn't want to leave anything out in the field and we wanted to go out in a blaze of, of doing the right thing, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely love it. It's, it's great. I mean, you know, I'm just sitting here thinking, gosh, I mean, we, we launched our, our sort of product service to the world accelerated it because it because of covid and we were like full on crazy crazy mm -hmm. crazy and you know some of my friends i was talking to were like oh gosh you know come for a walk let's 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 just chill out for a bit you know and it's just there's, there's just you've just done so much in the, in in the last year really it's 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 quite remarkable alan yeah well thanks like I, I get i get that i mean i i think for the first couple of months even in doing that you don't notice you've done it because it's not normal like it's just not a normal environment i can remember sitting for i think it must have been a week in april and being like everything stopped like you know where like where do you where do we go now i know we're pushing this and we're pushing that but like has are we busy fools like are is it over already but the people i kind of felt you know it's amazing when you look back on it and you say you've got all these things, but one of the big things I, I really learned from it was like, we're so vulnerable as people like mentally, like mental health wise, you know, I had friends who, who were on furlough, for example, and you know, you saw them cycling and running and, and making the most of it. And I had other friends on furlough who, you know, this was almost somebody saying to them that you don't have value or your value can be put on hold. And with our team, we, we managed to try and keep as many people off furlough as possible. You know, lots of people took hits that meant that other people could stay in and all sorts of other things. And, and really, the number one concern that I had was that people were being pushed to their absolute limit. And there's lots of, you know, things that the government are doing, obviously, to protect jobs and, you know, to protect life in terms of the, the, the COVID restrictions. But one of the things I think we really, as entrepreneurs, need to get our head around is how to, you know, protect the, the well-being of our employees and the mental health of our employees after this, because this is a massive trauma and we're not in the PTSD stage of it yet, I don't think. And when the furlough scheme ends, that could be, you know, multiplied five, ten, a hundred times um, of what it is now. Yeah, I totally agree. We've we, we actually been working with a psychotherapist who said to us the reason why we're all having crazy sleep patterns and sometimes you'll mm -hmm. sleep really well and other times you don't and you have all crazy dreams is, is absolutely about that post-traumatic stress situation. Mm -hmm. So so listen, tell me, Alan, how do you support your team? You know, I suppose pre-COVID, during COVID to be their best selves. You, you, you touched on some of your is it pillars or values you call them? Compassion, kindness, empowerment. How do, how do you support your team to live those? Yeah, so our our kind of values are um, opportunity. Um, they, so they're, they're more linked to to the to the outcomes of the work we do. But they are the more I think about it, the more they are just internal values, I guess. Um, 
opportunity is always about that's what we think water is water allows you to build a life for yourself that is you know basically the the, the you know your health is looked after but from an opportunity point of view at, at at work like we have a really young team we have i think the average age of our team throughout the past four years has been 27 it's a bit older now um for obvious reasons we get older um but we one of the things i've been really you know, I've, I've tried to stress, I guess, is that we don't know what we're doing. Like, we, if we make a mistake, you know, it's not the end of the world. Like, you didn't purposely make that mistake. So, you know, learn from it. And I think that opportunity to experiment, that opportunity to grow has been really important. And I know that that's been important to some of my team. We actually had a, a um, one of my colleagues, Abby, who left. And as she was leaving, she actually highlighted that as being one of the best things about the, the 13 months that she spent with us, which is which was the ability to make a mistake and not, you know, get shouted out for it. And I think that ultimately I make mistakes all the time. You know what I mean? Like I can't quantify the value of those mistakes, but they're definitely a lot more than the turnover of Brugger. Um, and I think that, that that has been really important as a, as a value for me. I think inclusion is one thing like I've consciously tried and it is hard in the industry that we're in to bring in people who don't look like the average craft beer drinker or craft beer person. There's a narrative in craft beer, I think, that, you know, two guys set up, you know, with, with, with beards and, and, you know, hipsters almost, you know, set up brewery and, and then basically employ people who are like them. And we've tried to get a gender balance in the team which i think is always important we 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 aren't as good as i think we should be at a leadership level um, and also you know we're not as diverse and we don't represent the scotland that i see on a day-to-day -day basis you know it's more people who who look like me and or have similar experiences or backgrounds to me and i think that's something we we need to get to get better at but then kindness like just be sound to each other you know like just like everyone is a human being um, and I think that those things were tested to the limit because they're easy to do in person. It's easy to be, to give people opportunity and encouragement. It's easy to, to, to try and make people feel included when they're right in front of you, uh, to be kind to them, to, to do whatever. But over Zoom, over a phone, there's only so much you can really do with that. And I think that that, that lack of human contact is definitely be something that um, I've missed from my team and potentially my team has missed from, from me and from their other colleagues. Yeah, for sure. And we, we must be talking to the right people like you, Alan, because uh, you're the second company that has kindness as a value and I'd never heard it as a value before. Yeah. Uh, Dorina from uh, Uni Pizza Ovens was talking to me and, and that's one of their core values is about kindness. And it's so simple, isn't it? But uh, it's, it's, not, it's not a common one. Yeah, it's it's strange because it can it can sound corny, you know, you know what I mean? It can sound it can sound quite twee. And I guess from a beer brand to say kindness, you know, it might put off certain people. But the way I look at it, the, the thing that I love about beer at its most simple level and why I think philosophically Bruger makes sense to me and, and might make sense to other people is that like even in the most masculine of cultures, you know, you buy your mate around and it's kind of a way of saying I love you you know it's kind of a way of saying like you know I value you and it's reciprocity it's the kindness that you know will get paid back you know you, you never go for a pint and just get a pint with another person if you're around with them you always balance it off and I think that that just fundamental act of kindness is often overlooked and I think that if you make it explicit then you can do really wonderful things and it's great to know that a, a company like Uni which is you know 
a relatively new company in a very different cat. Well, I say relatively new; it's probably older than us. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, they're I mean, about nine it, years, it, actually. Yeah, it's a. So what I'm trying to say is, I guess it's a it's a more modern company, and it's been able to develop its values. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to get in a consultant to to work out its values. I guess, um, is that that's in its completely different sector. And pizza might not shout kindness, but the more you think about it, it's like, you know, when you buy a pizza, it's all in slices and everyone shares and everyone, you know, gets the opportunity to join in and it's very communal. So I guess it's just about making what you think is the right thing to do relevant and trying to find the kernel of it in what you do every day. Yeah, absolutely. And Alan, how has this sort of purpose first approach affected you um, since you started in terms of I'm thinking about, you know, you talked about the kind of the big boys, I suppose, and trying to encourage them to to look at compassion and empowerment and so on. And, you know, how, how you know, in terms of craft beer, mm-hmm. does the, that purpose first approach, do people believe in you? Do they support what you do? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm always blown away at how much time people have for us, particularly at an industry level. Um, and why people connect with us and, and hopefully the story and the authenticity of why we do it you know isn't something we developed 10 years in or 20 years in or 100 years in like we started there like we always say we were founded on on purpose and I mean that in the double way meaning of it you know we did it for a reason but we also you know are founded on that capital p purpose if you like um I think the industry it sounds weird and I don't mean it to sound guess um overly what's the word i don't know but more beer companies have become like us and we've become like them of various different sizes and i think that we just hit on something potentially earlier for whatever reason than 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 others but i don't believe that even the people that aren't avowedly purpose driven don't have a purpose in there somewhere that needs just unravel or you know examination and i think that you know the vast majority of the breweries i've worked with in um in craft beer and i've been privileged to work with with so many you know it's in the hundreds now really um you know purpose is there they just need the vehicle to unlock it and to, to speak about it you know um with confidence um i think it's such a buzzword now that there's a danger that people just say it because it will help them sell more stuff and i think that the true companies that live out a purpose will never be in danger of i guess you know undermining it or being hypocritical you know if you're a green company or your green credentials or your purpose but then you start flying you know jets around the world you know eventually consumers will look 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 through that um so i think that the the real next five or ten years will be a test of who stuck to their purpose as, as much as possible and i think that authenticity is what i've learned is, is important you don't have to be the savior of the world i guess to have a purpose because the moment you take decisions that aren't that cut against that you know your purpose is undermined your purpose might be very very simple it might just be to make the best possible product because you love the you know making great products um what i've learned is our business model is is quite quite unusual and probably for for a good reason because it's it's very difficult to operate a hundred percent of profits to to charity as your as your fundamental business model and i think that in in 
coming, you know, the next year or, or certainly by the end of 2021, we'll be in a position to transform that in a way that is actually much better for the, the impact outcomes. And I think that that's been my biggest learning. It's like, how do I take something that obviously people that resonates with people and turn it into something that millions of drinkers can, can engage with, you know, commercially, you know, rather than just a few hundred or a few thousand. Yeah. And who, who do you, who else do you think individuals, companies do, do this stuff really well, the people in purpose stuff? How do they, you know, who is it? What do they do? I think the best, the best companies, like you can see it from their inception, whether they have consciously talked about it or not. And I think that the likes of Patagonia is a really obvious example. Um, Passenger is another one. Um, I think in the beer industry, Northern Monk is a really good example of people who just really live their values and their values are good values. And I really enjoy working with them. Everlean are a good example, again, in clothing. And they're, they're, they're just about transparency. You know, they're just about, here's where things are made. Here's how much carbon it takes. Here's how much, rather than any over, you know, preaching, it's just like, just take a look at it and, and you guys decide. And then obviously you've got like the icons of, of it, you know, like Tom's shoes, you know, very, very similar model to us, but, you know, hugely, yeah. hugely successful. And we're lucky to have, um, the former European MD of Tom's on our board, who, who is, you know, helping us to, to really get to grips with what it could look like when our impact is at the same scale as, as Tom's is. And then there's just people, you know, really close to home. I think, um, you know, Hey Girls is a, is a, is a brand I absolutely love with Celia Hodgson. Um, love them. You know, just I've, interviewed yeah. Celia yesterday. Yeah, she's just a, like, she's just a legend of a person. Like, and I think that you, when you see her and you talk to her, she is her brand. And I think that that, that could sound like a, a quite a, you know, an obvious thing to say, but it just comes through her personality and, and the passion from what she displays. Um, but I think, you know, increasingly, purpose will become something that is potentially commodified. I think once you see the entrepreneurs and the decision makers behind it, you know which what purpose is authentic and what isn't. And I think that's the real differentiator between the purpose you admire and the purpose you tolerate because it's a good thing. You might be able to see through it and say, mm, not sure if that's a marketing decision or a leadership decision. Um, but ultimately it might be, you know, cleaning up beaches or planting trees or something and, and you got to just say that's that's a good thing brilliant and and listen we're going to finish off with a little peek into you alan um yeah. what are you passionate about outside work um what am i passionate about outside work i it's weird i don't know if it's a passion or an addiction i really love podcasts and i know that you were looking for things that begin with p potentially <laughs> that, that i could i could say but i really like learning stuff and i really like trying to teach people um i think if i didn't go down this path i'd be you know lecturing and hopefully a, a university on a really obscure you know niche topic um somewhere in the in the basement um i love i just love people and i know that's like a, a really corny thing to say but you know i've been given absolutely every opportunity that could have ever been put in front of somebody and i think that once you do that and once you reinforce people that that they're that they're really good at something whatever it might be and you lead into that you can watch somebody completely flourish and, and become brilliant so i think that's why i, I would like to, to teach in a later life and, and give that thing back 
in terms of what has kept me going and passionate about in, in lockdown, I love cycling. I love trying to just get out and really push myself and, and then try and like clear my head. And, and that's a nice therapy. I've taken up sourdough uh, bread making um, and me and my brother-in-law are constantly FaceTiming each other being like, look at this. Mine is better than yours. No, his is better than mine. And that's, <laughs> that's usually the case. Um, and then I think if I had to, to spend the morning doing something that really energizes me, it would be getting out and going to Portobello and, and jumping on the paddleboard and just appreciating that you were pretty lucky to be even with all the, the stuff that's going on, like super lucky to, to be doing what I'm doing. So I guess that's what that keeps me going and, and motivates me. Love it. I'm glad we called this Mind Your Peas podcast people in paddleboards. <laughs> uh, and pizzas. I do like pizzas. And well. pizzas, of course, of course. And uh, listen, how how would your friends describe you, Alan, in three words? Um, oh, jeepers. It depends what friends. All my friends. The dodgy I know, ones. I know that they're my friends because they never say a positive word about me. Um, <laughs> they're always constantly slagging me off. But I guess, I don't know, you know, they would say I'm passionate about what I do. Um, I, I would imagine a lot of them would find me funny or at least banter. Um, and yeah, I'm always there. I, I want the bet what's best with them for them. So if they ever call me up with anything that is a problem, I can always talk through and find a solution. So nice. a bit of a troubleshooter. Favorite beer other than yours? Oh Jesus. That is that changes on a day to day basis. But you know what? Do you know what? I I would love nothing more than to go to a pub in, you know, somewhere in the country in Scotland and, and get a bell. Anywhere bed. right now. <laughs> Yeah, anywhere, but a belly best for me is is just paradise. When you're when you're done a long walk or a cycle and you have a, a belly best in front of you, I mean, yeah, God knows that's the best feeling in the world. And and finally, Alan, what would your family be most and least proud of about you? Uh, most proud of probably. I once got my mum into a photo line with George Clooney. Um, when I was doing an event called Scottish Business Awards that we used to run. Did she love you or George more at that point? I, I think it was a real flywheel of love that was going on because of everything. Um, and that was her favourite, you know, pin-up, I guess. Um, and that was through something I'd worked really hard to, to pull off. So I think that's probably the, the proud moment. But at the same token, my mum thinks I'm very foul-mouthed and she always shouts at me when I curse. Um, so that's probably what she's least proud of oh we never got a curse today that's a shame well maybe, you're yeah. very close to it on on several occasions i think <laughs> brilliant alan listen thanks so much for sharing your story with us it's uh, it's really inspiring and more importantly thanks for everything that you do and all the great stuff that you've done throughout you know some of the some of the most difficult times in our in our history um thanks alan and uh what's next for you and and Brugooder? what's next for us lots uh, I can't even begin to, to get into it, but please, if you do have any interest in what we do, just pay, pay close attention to what happens in the next um, three to four months, because I think you'll really, really like it. Brilliant. We'll put, we'll put some links and make sure that everyone can, can keep in touch. For Thanks, sure. Alan. Appreciate nice it. Nice one. All right. Cheers. Take care.